Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with episode 046. Well, we're going to kind of shift gears with uh, the next few podcasts because actually a lot of my students have been requesting that I do some podcasts that, that they could listen to while they are exercising, while they're driving back and forth to work. I had a gentleman who actually just passed the real estate exam yesterday. We did a video with Todd on our website. And Todd was telling me, he said, I really would love to have had podcasts that I could listen to. Todd has a a lawn business where he's mowing grass all day long. And he said, I listen to podcasts just daily, and it would be great if I could have a podcast that I could listen to while I'm working. So I wanted to begin putting together some podcasts, and I'm just going to go right through each chapter and uh, that from my book and just talk a little bit about some of the things that you find in the chapter as you go through the school to help you as you are preparing for the real estate examination. Now, every real estate book may start out with a different chapter or a different topic or subject. When I wrote my book several years ago, I wanted to start out with the characteristics of real estate. So my chapter one really talks a lot about uh, the definitions of land, real estate, and real property. And I I basically start the course out, and, and you need to understand this when you're going through the real estate school We'll be looking at a lot of different laws. We look at the law of agency as one area. We look at the laws of contracts, options, leases, sales contracts. Uh, they all ha- these are all contracts. We look at the various types of laws that, that affect contracts. We also look at laws that govern our property rights. You know, it's interesting that when we purchase real estate, we actually do have some restrictions that are placed upon the ownership of that real estate. And I like to refer to it as the law of, uh, or Uncle Pete, similar to Uncle Sam. It's Uncle Pete is Uncle Sam's brother, we could say. But basically, when you purchase a piece of real estate, you, you own that real estate. Nobody can really tell you what to do with it except for Uncle Pete. And PEAT is an acronym for police power, eminent domain, taxation, and escheat, E-S-C-H-E-A-T. So let's just look at those briefly because we cover the laws governing our property rights. You buy a piece of property, it's yours, you can do with it what you want to. I mean, there may be some restrictions attached to the land when you purchase it. We talk in the course about people who own a life estate, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but there are different types of things that could affect a parcel of real estate and several things that we will look at in this first chapter. But every one of us in the United States has this thing called Uncle Pete or P-E-T-E, and police power is just, it's the government's right. Normally, this is on a local level to tell you what you can and cannot do with your property. 
For example, there are some places within your community, the city where you live, if you live inside the city limits, that will allow you to operate a business. There are other places in your community where it's strictly forbidden to have a commercial business. Now think about this for a moment. If if you own a home, whether you rent or own, and you are in a residential neighborhood, you probably wouldn't want someone operating a beauty shop next door or a sporting goods store or just selling um, carpeting or different things out of their home. Well, why would you not want that? Because that could create a lot of traffic in the neighborhood. It could have people at all hours of the day going in and out. And you live in a residential neighborhood. So that's part of zoning laws. And zoning laws actually fall under police power. You also have things like building codes. I have a building that is having some remodeling done in the community that I live in right now. And I had to get a building permit. In fact, I picked it up yesterday for the workers who are doing the work at this commercial building. And so I had to get the city's involvement to look at the plans, the architectural drawings, to look at what we are doing. And they issued me a building permit. Again, that falls under police power. And so we have these laws that govern our property rights. Uh, Police power, eminent domain, that's where the government can take private property for public use. We'll talk about these more as we get into um, the land use chapter as we go through. But I, I just want you to understand that we cover a lot of various types of law, laws, laws of agency, laws of contracts, laws of property rights. And you remember Uncle Pete. So I talked about police power, eminent domain, taxation, the government's right to tax our property, and escheat, E-S-C-H-E-A-T. That's when you die without any heirs and without a will, your property actually goes to the state. And then we have laws that govern real estate licensing. And those are, you know, a lot of times we have, each state has various licensing laws. We learn in Missouri that there, you cannot have a net listing. Net listings are illegal in Missouri. Florida a net listing is legal, is okay. So you have laws that govern real estate licensing. And of course, those vary from state to state. So our first focus of attention in chapter one is really at property rights. And we'll come back and look at property rights down the road in a future module. But for this podcast and for chapter one, I just want you to understand that um, there are laws that affect property rights. So when a person purchases a piece of real estate, they are buying uh, that track of ground or that real estate, and you have rights with that, property rights with that, with that, with that parcel of real estate. And we call, we call this the bundle of legal rights. Imagine or envision with me 
a bunch of sticks that are bundled up and tied together. And if you looked at this bundle of sticks or a bundle of firewood, each specific stick or piece of wood that's bundled up and tied up in that big bundle represents a right that a person has. For example, you have the right to rent your property if you want to. You have the right to take a loan out on it. You have the right to sell it. You have the right to exclude people from it. You actually have the right, when you go to sell the property, to put restrictions. Think about that. You buy uh, 10 acres of ground and you think, I don't need to keep up this other five acres. It's next door to me. It's too much work. I think I'll sell it. But you begin wondering and worrying that, well, what if I sell that five acres? My wife and I and our family are going, are going to stay in our home on this five acres. We sure don't want somebody putting something up next to us that could be detrimental to our value. So you sell that five acres and you put restrictions. What size home can be built? Perhaps... Um, you do not want certain types of housing, like no one could live in a camper or a, a tiny house or whatever, because you are concerned about your value. So again, that's a right, a legal right that you have is to put restrictions on the property. And, and again, just think in terms of your bundle of legal rights. There's a bunch of rights. You can rent the property, you can give it away, you can take a loan out on it, you can put restrictions on it when you sell. Now, in this first um, chapter, I really, as I go through module one and chapter one, I talk a lot about the three different definitions that are sometimes used interchangeably as a real estate professional. And those words are land, real estate, and real property. Three different words but for the exam, they can all mean three different things, okay? So you got to remember that. So let's take each one and go through these. First of all, land. The word land by itself, I want you to just remember natural things, natural items, natural, anything natural. Land equals natural, okay? So, John, what do you mean natural? Well, what are the natural things on land? Grass, dirt, rocks. Those are all natural items. Now, if I said a house someone built, is that natural? No, that's man-made. So you've got, to, you've, you've got to equate for the exam. They wanted to know what's the definition of land. It is the natural things that are attached to the land. Now, when you buy a parcel of land, this is kind of interesting. When you buy a parcel of land, I don't care if it's a 50 by 100 lot or a 150 by 150 lot. You actually buy that 150 by 150 lot from the surface, because that's what we think of when we think of land. But did you know that you normally, in most cases, own the land all the way down to the center of the earth? That's right. 
that 150 by 150 lot is not only the surface that you own, but you own all the way down to the center of the earth. And guess what? You own all the way out to the heavens or infinity, as you might see on the real estate exam. Well, that, that's interesting. So you own land from the center of the earth to the heavens, infinity, the skies, and you own the natural items. Land equals what? Natural. Say it with me so you don't forget. Land equals natural. Now, you're probably sitting there or you're walking right now exercising. Or maybe you're like Todd and you're mowing grass. Uh, Todd's probably not listening to our podcast right now because he has passed the test and he's through the school. So Todd, Todd if you are listening, you are a good guy, and you're really going to go far places with real estate. But whatever you're doing right now, you're probably asking the question, well, John, what do you mean land equals natural? I mean, I thought land was real estate. And again, I, I want you to remember, we use these words interchangeably, but for the exam, they each mean something different. So land equals Good, you said it. Natural, the natural items, the rocks, the trees, the soil, anything natural. And you own that parcel of land from the center of the earth to infinity, the heavens, whatever size it is. So let's add the word, or the words, I should say, because it's two words, real estate. Okay? Hmm. Well, real estate equals natural Plus, we're going to add something, man-made items. There we go. So if you see the definition on the exam about real estate, it's natural items plus man-made items. Now we can include the house, the garage, the fence, but we also include the rocks, the trees, the soil, and it also goes from the center of the earth to infinity. So on the exam, the definition of land equals natural items. Don't forget that. The definition of real estate takes it one step further. And it's not only the same definition of land, the natural items, but it includes man-made items. Okay? Now, real property. The third one. Real property. Well, guess what? It includes land, same definition of land, and we know land equals natural items. It includes real estate, and we know real estate includes land, natural items, plus the man-made items, right? But real property takes it a third step further, and it incorporates the bundle of legal rights, so it's really for the exam, if you were to see questions, and these would be softball questions. These are not going to be the real challenging questions. But if they were giving you a scenario or a synopsis, and, it, and you were reading through that question, and you said, wait a minute, I only spot natural things that are mentioned in this question, the answer would be land. But if you're reading through the question and you say, hmm, okay, I see natural items. Oh, wait a minute. There's a house included here. 
But there's nothing else mentioned, just the natural items in the house or the garage or the fence. That's real estate. But if they gave you a question and you were reading and you saw, I see natural items in, in this paragraph, and oh, there's a house and a fence, there's some man-made things included, and there's this right to this right to sell my property or the right to convey to someone else, conveys another word for sell, then you know that's real property because real property incorporates land, the natural items, and real estate, which is natural plus man-made, plus your bundle of legal rights. Your bundle of legal rights. So, Keep that in mind. Those are three different definitions. You may see those from time to time on the exam. You may not see them, but you got you really need to understand what they mean because they could throw those questions in. And again, one quick way to remember that land equals natural, real estate equals natural plus man-made, and real property includes natural, man-made, and the bundle of legal rights. So I talk about a couple of things um, in this chapter, and it's something good for us to think about, is that uh, the word an appurtenance. And an appurtenance is really something that will run with the land. In fact, I'm going to just pull up my language of real estate from John Riley. It's a great book. And John's been around for a long time. And most instructors will use this book to kind of go and look at different things. And I'm just going to read it. And again, some of the things we've talked about, I've actually covered podcasts on this. But again, I just want to kind of go back and mention that I'm doing some extended podcast that I can post for the students to listen to and have available to help you pass the real estate exam. So this is our first one. We're going to take several of these and kind of go through, but let's talk about an appurtenance. Now, I have to give a disclaimer right off the bat. They took phonics out of school when I was a kid, and I have been forever taunted because of that. And so if I pronounce a word and you're saying, that's not how you pronounce that, I just have two words, I'm sorry, okay, or excuse me, as Steve Martin would say. But, um, you know, occasionally I may pronounce something incorrect, and hey, I'm trying to have fun with you here. But an appurtenance, an appurtenance is that which belongs to something, but not for all time. Hmm, let's think about that. An appurtenance, that which belongs to something but not for all time. All those rights, privileges, and improvements that belong to and pass with the transfer of property, but are not necessarily a part of the actual property. Okay? Now, appurtenances to real property pass with real property to which they are appurtenant unless a contrary intention is manifested. A deed normally describes the property granted and then states, together with all appurtenances. 
okay? So here are some typical appurtenances that might help you with this. Rights of way, easements, water rights, condominium parking stalls, and property improvements. And the footnote to this says, C, run with the land. So an appurtenance is that which belongs to something, but not for all time, all those rights, privileges, and improvements that belong to and pass with the transfer, but are not necessarily a part of the actual property. So an easement is the right to go across the driveway. So that's a type of an appurtenance. A condominium parking stall might be that. And again, appurtenances to real property pass with the real property to which they are appurtenant unless contrary intention is manifested. So a, knee, a deed would normally grant the property together with all appurtenances. Now, I don't think you need to get real hung up, and I know that was a lot of information, and I don't want you to, uh, I hope you haven't turned off the podcast by now, but I don't want you to get too freaked out by that. You just need to understand that appurtenances could be natural, they could be man-made, and some examples could be mineral rights, air rights, water rights, easements, etc. Okay? Now, in this module, we also talk about real estate having several different characteristics about its nature. We talk about physical characteristics. And physical characteristics, I have three listed in my notes here. It's unique. No two parcels of real estate are alike. Think about that. Wherever you go or you've been, have you ever seen a backyard that looks the same or a view that's identical to another part of view you've seen? No. And so that's a physical characteristic. Real estate's unique. It's also immovable. You can't move it. Physical characteristic. You know, think of immovable, the strength, the physical to pick something up and move it. You can't. So it's immovable, physical, and it's indestructible. You know, I tell the story, and I think I told this on a podcast once, but I remember driving through southern Illinois with my parents, and I remember my dad pointing out that that was strip mining, and they, and I remember my mom and dad talking about, boy, they really had destroyed the, that beautiful area in southern Illinois with all the strip mining they had done. I guess it was for coal or something. And I never will forget... I saw a bunch of kids my age riding mini bikes and motorbikes up and down through the strip mining and didn't think of anything. I wasn't even in real estate back then, but I just remember those kids uh, riding across through the strip mines as we were driving along. And then when I began to teach real estate some years later and I came across the fact that real estate is indestructible, a physical characteristic, for some reason, I just remembered going back to that time in the car when my dad was talking about the land and being destroyed, and yet I saw the kids riding their motorbikes, and I thought about, even though we may think we destroy land, or we, it still has some use, doesn't it? I mean, people will feel, still find some ways to garden, to use it for motocross, 
whatever, land is indestructible. So three physical characteristics you need to remind yourself of. It's unique, it's immovable, and it's indestructible. Now, the economic characteristics of real estate are that number one, it's scarcity. Real estate is scarce. Number two, the permanence of the investment. That says the performance of the investment. I need to fix that in my book, which I'm getting ready to redo, but the 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 permanence of investment. In other words, land, as we just mentioned, it is indestructible. It has some permanence and and scare just like scarcity, you know, you always hear that slogan, they're not making any more land. Well, land is scarce. And so when supply and demand, what happens when you have um, few available products, but you have a big supply of people who want to buy the product, the price goes up, right? So that's an economic characteristic of real estate. And the permanence of the investment, again, another economic characteristic of real estate, area preference or situs. You can see this in your own community. There are certain areas that will fetch a higher price because of the area preference or the school district or the neighborhood. And then, of course, improvements. When you improve the property, it's going to provide an economic characteristic. You know, in my area, sometimes I've noticed that you could take a three-acre parcel of land and it may be worth $1,000, $2,000 an acre. So what's that? Let's say $6,000 for uh, three acres. But if that three acres had an improvement of a well and a septic tank on it, that property might be worth as much as 20 to 25, even though the well and septic didn't cost that much. Why? Because there's a lot of people looking for someplace they could put a mobile home and not have to pay a pad rent. And twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars is not, you know, is not a huge sum of money if they can move their double wide or their modular home and put it on that property and avoid paying a monthly rent. So scarcity, permanence of the investment, area preference or situs and improvements would all be economic characteristics of real estate. Now, just a couple of other things to kind of wrap up this chapter. Uh, We have uh, what is called the alloidial system of ownership, and that's A-L-L-O-D-I-A-L, alloidial system. And just think of A for alloidial, A for America. It's the same type of free and full ownership rights for individuals. In the feudal, just remember F is close to the K in the alphabet. Feudal is where the king owned all the land. And so under the feudio, or it's an ancient system of land ownership, the king actually owned the land, and you and I were just merely tenants, and we had the right to rent the land um, from the king. But in, in America, A, America, we have the alloidio system of ownership. So remember that, feudio, alloidio. Now, one last thing I want to remind you and make sure that you understand You buy that parcel of land. Remember, land equals natural items, rocks, trees, soil, so forth. And you own to the center of the earth and you own to the heavens. Did you know that you can sell your rights? You own those 
rights below the surface, right? If you own that property down to the center of the earth, you own, own all of the soil and any minerals or anything that's in that soil below your, you own those rights. You also own your air rights and you could sell off your air rights or vice versa. Think about, um, a house that's located next to a busy airport and planes, they keep expanding the runway and you hear about this a lot. So the airport commission has to go out and buy those homes that are close by the airport. Why? Because those homeowners have rights to the land, to the, to the sky, to the heavens. Right. And so now I'm sitting at, my home in the middle of Farmington, Missouri, and yes, planes fly overhead. I can't stop them from doing that. However, if the city made an airport and the planes were flying over fairly close to my house, they would have to buy my property. That's We're going to get into that in eminent domain. You know, why do they have to buy my property? Because in order for the planes to take off and land above my house, they have to buy, I have rights and I could go and say, look, that's a little too close to my, uh, for my comfort. And therefore I really don't want you flying over my airspace that I own this close to the airport. And so that's why the airports normally have to buy property that's close by because those owners have rights to the air above their property. And when the airport gets within a certain proximity, They've got to purchase your property in order to obtain the air rights so they can land and fly homes. Now, what, what is that exact distance that you own? I don't know. And you don't have to worry about that for the real estate test. Okay. But just remember, you do own the air rights above your house. And if they get a little too close to going back and forth with an airplane, you probably could go to court and say, wait a minute, I don't want them doing that. Find another airstrip or purchase my property. Now you also can sell your rights below your property. I live in Southeast Missouri, St. Joe Minerals Lead Corporation mined all of this area. And they actually came in and bought all of the real estate, the land. Remember, uh, they buy all the land they own to the center of the earth to infinity. Well, all, all St. Joe was worried about or concerned about were the minerals in the soil down below. The lead, that's what they wanted. They could care less about the surface. So they bought all the land up and then turned around and resold the property. Remember the bundle of legal rights? You have the right to what? Well, they had the right to resell the property, the land, but reserve the mineral rights. So whenever we sell property in my area, all you receive are, you receive no mineral rights is what I meant to say. So when you buy property in my area, you're just getting the land on top, the natural items, but you get no mineral rights. Now you still own to the center of the earth and to infinity, but you do not own the mineral rights. And why did St. Joe do that? Remember, they when they bought all the land, they got everything. Nobody could tell them what to do with it except for Uncle Pete, 
police power, eminent domain, taxation, and escheat. And so St. Joe bought all of the land because they knew there was lead under here. And so they bought all the land up and then they said, let's sell the land and get our money back. But when we sell the land, we'll just remove one little stick out of that bundle, which are the mineral rights. And so when they went to sell the rest of those sticks, it basically says or said to all of the people here, we'll sell you our real estate, our land, and here's your bundle of legal rights. But oh, by the way, there's one stick missing from the bundle of legal rights, and that's the mineral rights. We're keeping that. And they had the right to do that. So what I want you to understand and realize is that when you buy real estate, you have the right to, these rights run vertically and horizontally, and you have the right to sell off certain things. You know, just like a, a three-acre parcel of property that's located right on the ocean, what can you do with that? You could build a 40-story or 30-story condominium complex, and you could sell off blocks of air, as we will talk about when we get into the condominium chapter. Remember, you can do that. You can Your rights run from the center of the earth to infinity, so you could literally start having legal descriptions written up for blocks of air up in the sky. And as you build this tower 40 stories up on the ocean, you might have 200 units, little blocks of air that you could sell off individually as condominiums. And that's why property values can be much more expensive in certain locations as others, which gets into the scarcity and the improvements that we talked about are part of economic characteristics of real estate. So that wraps up chapter one. Again, this was a podcast designed for me to uh, help out the students who just need some extra uh, information they could listen to as they are exercising, driving to work, and uh, whatever, or as Todd, mowing grass, right? But I hope this was helpful. This was chapter one on uh, land, real estate, real property, some of the natural items that we talk about or the, the laws governing our property rights and characteristics of real estate. So I'm going to continue forward through all the chapters because I have a lot of students who want this and I want those podcasts to be available. I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you'll subscribe. I need subscribers, so be sure and subscribe to the podcast. I'd love to have you uh, give me a great feedback or a five stars a, would be wonderful as well. And check us out at globalrealestateschool.com. I have practice tests on there you can purchase. I have digital flashcards you can purchase. And I'm working on a brand new test prep series with a good friend of mine that we will have up very soon. But it's globalrealestateschool.com. This was episode 046 the characteristics of real estate. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I appreciate all of the kind feedback and emails that I receive. You're a great group of folks. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. 
I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.